0: Hi everyone! Welcome. Thank you so much for giving up your time to come and be with me today. In this session, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do part one of a two-part series here, looking at Bloom's taxonomy. And for this episode, I'm particularly going to be focusing on the bottom of Bloom's taxonomy. Now, before I get into Bloom's, start talking about, I know you say, "Oh, familiar with Bloom's? I don't know I'm about." Hang on a sec. We'll, we'll come to that, and I'm going to help you to expand apply a bit better, hopefully. But before I do that, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, I am running an effective teaching video series that's designed to help you reduce your workload. It's designed to help you to be more effective as a teacher in the classroom. I would talk to you about things that you need to be doing as a teacher, right? Four things to make you and to help you be an effective teacher long-term. So if you'd like to come and join that, you can head over to teacherspd.net series and you can subscribe there to get the emails when those videos come out but right now we're talking about blooms right so let's very quickly just kind of recap blooms taxonomy often it's depicted at a pyramid and at the bottom of that pyramid we have the idea of remembering so students actually being able to you know, recite something back to their teacher above that we have understand which is the ability to uh, try to grasp the key elements of that. Next is apply, so being able to apply the key elements of something into a context. And for me, I actually think about application in terms of multiple contexts. Then we go up to analyze, evaluate and create. Analyze being to make connections between things, evaluating to be able to come up with criteria to critique and make a value judgment on something. And then to create something is basically to produce your own original kind of work. So that's the period. And the general thing with the pyramid is that students need to work at the bottom before they get to the top. And so students need to be doing the remembering, the understanding, and maybe some application, right? Before that, get to analyze, evaluate and create. And so these are our three kind of bottom or lower level learning, uh, learning, right? I'm are learning activities, but they're not activities. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is how to actually help our students to remember things. So right down here at the bottom, which is the very basic thing that students need to, be able to do, is they need to be able to remember information that we give them, whether it be something that they watch, they read, they listen to, that you know we're presenting to them, they're having a discussion with a friend. There's lots of ways for them to get new pieces of information, but how do they learn to remember this? And I want to give you a few. What? Well, maybe four techniques that you can use to help your students to remember information. So the first technique is the technique of connecting things in pairs. And so you do this by, if let's just go with a random list of information. So let's say at the beginning of the list is a tree, uh, and the next thing on the list is a car. After that, we're going to go to, I don't have have a list in front of me, so I'm going to, to make stuff up and then try and remember them. Uh, but let's just start pairing them up and then I'll know that I'll remember them as I do this. Okay? So let's go with the tree. So I'm going to have a huge tree. and I'm going to pair it with the car. And so the car is going to be crashed into this tree, right? And the tree is falling down because the car crashed into it, right? And that picture is now sticking to my mind. The next thing on the list, let's go with uh, dogs. Okay. So dogs are the next thing on my list. So dogs, I'm going to pair that with the car. And so now I'm going to have, uh, let's say that there is a huge dog driving that car. And that is my picture. As right? so I've got tree, car, dog. And the next thing I want to do is, yeah, let's say I've got sawdust is the next thing on my list. Now, I'm still pairing it with dog, but I'm going to switch my context. I don't want my picture to become overly complicated in my head. I've got the tree, the car crashing into it, with the dog driving it. So now I'm going to connect sawdust with dog. And so I'm going to picture a dog in my house. That's just, he's just rolled over in sawdust. There's sawdust everywhere it's shaking it off my whole house getting covered in sawdust because of the dog that's in there shaking around, trying to get it all off of him. And so now I've got my tree, I've got my car, I've got my dog and I've got my sawdust and I can keep going like this. And you're just going to change content every couple of uh, images. In fact, you can change every pair, right? I could go from sawdust. And then, if I have to think of something else that's a big memory, let's go pot plant or something like that. I can then go, okay, I have a pot plant, but the pot plant is like a sculpture that's been made out of sawdust, right? That's something that I'll remember. And so then, when I go through my list, I've got trees, car, dog, sawdust, and then my pot plant. And it's just by creating these pairs, and the pairs themselves should be visual, and they should be a bit crazy. You want to kind of throw something that's a bit crazy that's memorable. Uh, memorable sorry not rememberable <laughs> but it's memorable that'll stick in your head so that you can recall it and we're going to teach you should teach your students stuff like this they're just basic strategies to help them to remember things that to them seem a little bit disconnected and so it could be you know am teaching pediatrics and there's the Ottawa charter right the five action areas i could pair those up and then the students will remember the five and the remember the middle east right so going through you're pairing the first two things and then the second thing gets paired to the third okay so each thing basically has two pairs except for the first and the last and that's our connected in pairs another strategy that helps students to learn remembering and to remember and recall things is to get them to actually ask questions if they forget so so often we find ourselves or our students and we're trying to remember something and it's kind of on the tip of your tongue but you just can't quite get there you have to like, where did I leave my keys? Rather say it's that, that I know I came in, where did I leave them? If you sit there and ask yourself, where are my keys? Where are my keys? You'll never break through to find them. But because our memories are connections, we can actually start to ask questions about things around our keys in order to find it. That's how we can start to say, well, where did I last see my keys? Did I take them with me when I went driving yesterday? To add? This morning, what did I do this morning? Did like I go out somewhere? Maybe I went and got the mail, right? And you just try to go through your morning. You just go through, what did I do this morning? Walk through step by step by step. And you might then go, oh, that's right. I put my keys down in my bag. That's next to the door because I'm going to remember to live. I already after. Okay. And you can do that with topics too. They can go, oh, what, what was the capital of yeah, Argentina? And so they start to ask themselves questions about what do they know about Argentina? Is it, yeah? You know, whereabouts in the world is Argentina? What colors are on their flag? All that kind of stuff. And that will help them to find a pathway through in their brain that will kind of move around a different, connect, lot of connections to find out what the capital is of Argentina. Another strategy that can be used is putting things in positions in a room. And so for example, you could think of a room that you know really well. So I'm going to use the room right in front of me, right? And. If there's things that I need to remember, let's go back to my paired list. Okay. And so I have a tree with my first thing on the list. And so I can say, all right, in my room, as I walk into my room, well, let's just go for where I'm sitting here. I can remember where I'm sitting here, right at my door, I'm going to have a big tree that's growing and blocking the door, right? That's place number one. That's the first spot I'm looking. I'm then going to move around my room to the right. As I go through and do this process, the next thing was a car. Okay, so if I have a car in my room, or oh, maybe I can. Okay, maybe I have a chair here, right? It's the next item in my room. And so I'm going to pair the car with the chair. And so now the car is like a former car sitting on that chair, having a chat to me. And so, great, I've got the tree next to the door. I've got the car at, on that chair. We're having a conversation. The next thing was dogs, right? And so the next item in my room is actually another chair. There are two chairs kind of next to each other. so. On this chair, right? Let's not let go with dog. Let's say that that chair looks like a dog, right? The dog, it's a dog-shaped chair. That's what I'm going to remember with that. So I've got my tree at my door, right? My car on the chair, my dog-shaped chair, and I keep going through my list, okay? And if you remember, the next one's sawdust, okay? And then this one was poplar. plate using that other imagery process. And so this is another way of imagining things I'm giving those images, but you got to do it in a room. And the, there's a few tricks to this. One is to make sure that you use one room for each topic, right? And then, because you don't want to have multiple things in each chair, right? I don't want to go to that chair that I'm meant to, is it my car, right? I'm meant to be thinking of with a transformer. Well, or I had, yeah, uh, President of America on there and Prime Minister of Australia on there. I had, yeah, I could have 600 things in that chair by the time I've done this multiple times. And so I might actually just move to another room. And so you just start to create these rooms. Not only is it used a room you're familiar with, works a lot easier. So it might use your bedroom or your bathroom or walking in your front door, all kinds of stuff. The fourth strategy is explicit connections. So our memories are all made by connections. So if we make explicit connections for our students and say, look, guys, you already know this. Okay. So let's say that students already know what a marathon is, right? And so now we're going to connect marathons with aerobic training because marathons are aerobic. And aerobic training then connects. So how would you train for a marathon? You might do a whole bunch of repetitive, continuous type of training. you are just going to go for a run. Okay. Lots of things that you should then bring into that. What are their needs? slightly the oxygen, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And so you're making these explicit connections for them to help them with their memory. All right. The second one is for them to help, help them with understanding. Now, understanding is... For me, I actually link to understanding an application. I personally don't think that you can understand something unless you can apply it in multiple different contexts. And so when I do this, I do application in two parts. So there's one element where they can redo the same thing that I've done with them. So let's say I'm teaching them how to create a periodization chart. So I'll do it for a sport. Let's say I do it for basketball and I put it up there, my beautiful periodization chart was just like a years worth of training, right? Uh, for a sport, I have a year's worth of basketball training kind of outlined on this periodization chart. The student then can do one for basketball. That is the first level of application. The second level is when they understand it and they can start to pull out the key aspects of the periodization chart, thinking about, you know, macro cycles and microcycles all kinds of stuff. If that doesn't make any sense to you, that's okay. But this understanding the key elements that are out of that and I'll make sure I explicitly say this is a key element, this is a key element and then we're applying it to, to different things within basketball. And so now I will then take the key elements out and apply it to soccer. I want them to apply it to the NFL. I want them to plot to apply it to netball. I want them to apply it to you know elite level athletes and apply it to low level you know, I play for my club down the road type retiring adult kind of level. And so by them demonstrating that they can do it at that level, that's me seeing that they actually understand the key things in that and can then apply it. So they have two levels of application. As you think about that, you just don't give your students lots of chances to apply things in different contexts. And that will really help them a lot with that process. So your action then for this week is to teach your students one of the memory skills and for you to play with it with these kids, okay, so maybe i will do the connected pairs one, maybe you'll do the positions in a room, or you'll make explicit connections, right, but those two, like connected pairs and positions in a room, right, they're, they're really well tried and tested things that, what the memory experts do in like, you know, with memorizing a deck of colors type stuff. So you could do this with students and go, all right, I've taught you the strategy, let's see how you go memorizing a deck of cards, right, and not a whole deck, right? maybe start them off with seven cards, memorize them, add a few more, memorize those. Uh, and you could just build out this connected pair sequence, and then suddenly the students are going to be amazed at how much they remember, and that's going to blow away a bit of confidence to remember things, and that strategy they can then apply to all their subject areas. And you're going to make their date and make their learning a lot easier. It also means that they remember it faster. You could move on into those higher levels of thinking, like analyzing, evaluating, and creating, with your students. Uh, now next week we're going to talk about the top levels of Bloom that give you a few tips and tricks around that. But in the meantime, don't forget, I am running a video series on effective teaching. I'll talk to you about reducing your workload, how to be an effective teacher in your planning and in your classroom. And also I'm going to talk to you about the key things that you need as a teacher to be an effective teacher long term. So make sure you go to titspd.net slash ET series, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can click the link in the comments, it'll take you there. Subscribe and I'll make sure you get the emails when that video series starts to be released. I hope to see you there and to help you to become an effective teacher.